Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's get ready to rumble! We need a new intro, AV. Can we get ourselves a new intro? Yep, I, we, we'll, we'll get working on that. Um, Spencer, oh. so we've got a jam-packed show today. Yep. At, uh, do you want to give us a, a rundown of our agenda for the day? Uh, oh, sh- Yes, I can do that because I wrote stuff down. Uh, we've got our first guest coming up in seven minutes at 12.15 Eastern Time, Cigar Golvo, the CEO of uh, Semtrix. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay. I just want to hope I got that right. Semtrix, ticker CDX will be on at 12.15. Uh, Lena, or Lena Chen, head of IR at Newborn Town at 12.30. Uh, the CEO of Quipped, Greg Crawford, 12.45. Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading at 1. And then Nick Shaheen. From the author of the Benzinga Options uh, newsletter, will be on the show at 1.30. We got a lot to talk about today. Let's start with, you know, I don't know. Where do you want to start, AB? I've got a couple places I want to okay. start. Um, let's start with a nice little crypto update, Spencer. So, oh. as many of you may know, Bitcoin hit a brand new all time high today. This was spurred by the CPI data that came out this morning. So CPI came in hotter than expected, showing um, inflation. And investors went and rushed to buy Bitcoin as an inflation hedge. So we had Bitcoin uh, almost reach up to 69000 up about 3.26%. Ethereum is up 2.14%, nearing 5000 So I'm looking for that as a big psychological level, Spencer, when Ooh. Ethereum hits 5000 um, Shiba Inu and Dogecoin, two dog related cryptocurrencies are down today in this sea of green so maybe that's showing that investors are leaving shiba and doge to go buy ethereum and bitcoin i don't know um but overall good day for crypto so far we will continue to watch crypto and see how it's performing today um but spencer there's other stuff in the news i want to talk about. well before we move on though i just want to mention you can get some free bitcoin How? How? how look at the screen it says it right there go to voyager go to the app on your mobile device of your choice, whether it's Android or iPhone or some other third OS I'm not aware of. Download the Voyager app in the App Store, fund your account with 100 bucks, make your first trade, and they'll give you $50 in BTC. You should do it before Bitcoin goes to a million. I'm just saying that because then you'll be getting more bang for your buck. But that's just me. Okay, I know you have things on your mind today, Aaron. I do. Yes. I, I do have things on my mind. Before we, we get to that, though, I want to introduce a new little game, new little segment. Oh, we um, have a new segment? Yeah, if you're this like me and you, and you grew up watching Pokemon as a kid, you know they, you, the show used to do a, a thing called Guess That Pokemon, where they would give you the outline of a Pokemon, and you had to guess which one it was. Pretty sure it was Name, but all right. Name, okay. Fine. You're right. It was Name That Pokemon. So right. we're going to do that with charts. Name That Chart. This is the first one we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and pull it up on screen. Uh, As you can see, this is a a recent, uh, not, not I I have a guess. This is an easy one. Yeah, we're going to start. We're (laughs) going to, well, it could be one of, one of several actually. Um, 
And I don't know the answer. Can so can I guess, Av? You can guess. This okay. is a this is an easy one. We're going to start off easy and get more difficult uh, as we do more iterations of this game. Oh wait, I was not looking at the 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 x axis. This so this was from so that's that high was October of last year. Oh yeah, Chris, who's that Pokemon? That's the correct one. We no, no. Wrong. Oh wait, no, no. Wait, how how far back does this chart go? Exactly. It, it goes further back than uh wait, are are we looking at that that's October 20th of this year? Correct. Oh. I thought that was October of last year. Okay. I don't know why I thought that. Um okay, yes, the answer is on the chat. I would guess Brendo got it, is what I'm thinking. Uh my guess is the same as his. D W A C. Are we right? Yes, you are. DWAC. <laughs> All right. Up $49 in the past month. Um, of course, this was a SPAC, so it was trading around $10 for a very long time. And then once the merger was announced, the stock ran all the way up to about $170 before coming back down, currently trading right at $60. Um, so c- congrats to Brendo, who was the, the first correct guesser in the chat with DWAC. Um, you know, we, we are going to do this more often, so we'll introduce. We have to give away prizes, too. Brent Slava's in the chat. We got to give away some swag. All I right. Th- I think Brent is right. Brent, Brendo, email us. Shows at Benzinga.com. I will get you hooked up with some free swag. Um, you know, maybe you pick out a hat or a T-shirt, but we will do this more. I will uh, say the charts will get more difficult. So we started you off easy, but Brendo, don't don't get used to getting such easy charts. Uh, yeah, that was a surprisingly easy one. And maybe next time I'll do it, and it'll be some totally obscure ETF, yeah, 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 that barely trades. (laughs) Okay, wait, we got two minutes before our first guest. We're running behind here. I know you have a rant like in your system that uh, you've been you've been talking to me about this stock today. Do you want to go get that out there now, or do you want to wait? Yeah, we we've only got a couple minutes, so let me just share my Benzinga Pro. I'll I'll get it pulled up. Um, You're right, Spencer. This has been on my mind, so I've been watching Live Nation stock. Um, all week. And so Live Nation, of course, uh, the company that put on the, the Travis Scott concert that tragically ended uh, with eight deaths. And, and I've just been surprised that we haven't seen this stock um, trade. I, I know necessarily the markets don't really care about that, but there have been about 30 lawsuits opened up against Live Nation. And the company has a history of other uh, safety problems in past concerts. Not only that, but Travis Scott has a history of having safety problems at, in past concerts. So for Live Nation as a company to know we've had safety issues and Travis Scott, who's had safety issues, to not um, do a better job of making sure, you know, all the all the concert attendees were safe, taken care of. I mean, to me, that's just a big oversight. So we'll see in, in due time what the outcome is of these lawsuits filed against Live Nation. Uh, but to me, I'm surprised we didn't see this start trading down 10%. I mean, I know the company reported earnings uh, that, that were yeah. pretty good for the company. You, so You know what's interesting is I, the wall, uh, the street doesn't – a lot of times doesn't really care about – Well, they'll care about the lawsuits if they end up being uh, – yeah, if they end yeah, up implicating Live They only Nation. care about like certain kinds of lawsuits, right? Like they care about like when the DOJ sues you. They care about that. They care about like antitrust – lawsuits they don't and I, i'm not saying it's right or wrong it just seems like it's the way it is um you know i can think of like, like every automaker has had 
major lawsuits. Uh, remember Toyota with the airbags? I don't really think the street cared about that. I, I, I think the street doesn't really care about product recalls. I don't really care about like lawsuit risk. You know, here's another one. Why don't you pull up the, the chart of match match.com MTCH? Cause they have a lawsuit going on uh, right now. It just went to trial or, or, or they're in jury selection. The, the proceedings have started. Um, this is related to the, the founder assuming, assuming IAC because he's saying that um, he uh, misled them as far as the value of their company when he was buying them. But um, yeah, you, you don't, you don't see stocks react really to, to a lot of times to lawsuits. I'm not really sure why that is. I don't know. Well, yeah, there's some crazy theories being thrown out there about the concert, Spencer. And I'm going to ask you, take it or leave it. The first one um, being thrown out there is Travis Scott is like a satanic devil worshiper. What? What are we talking about right now? That's uh, Look it up. That's a theory being thrown out there. I'm asking you, take it or leave it. Uh, I don't need Well, I don't even like know who he is. So I like I leave it. I don't know. Here, here's an article from Newsweek. Travis Scott satanic festival blood sacrifice conspiracy theory. Okay. Okay. So, so you're okay. Le- you're leaving that. You're not know. buying it. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. So no, I would sell that headline, whatever that means. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. I don't know. I don't even know. I all I know is the concert ended in a tragedy. It's not the first time, and nor would it be the last time that it happens. I I fear because these kinds of things uh um they happen occasionally for. Uh, whatever reason so um hey i think we're running late for our first guest uh, that was quite a segue but we're going to uh do that say we're, we're going to commit to the segue here uh because we have uh the ceo of uh chemtrex backstage right now ticker c-e-t-x cigar goval let's get him on the show ab let's do it cigar how you doing today i'm good how are you nice to meet you both Nice to meet you as well. Uh, you guys can tell what is on our mind right now by the kinds of companies that we're bringing on the show. Uh, Cigar, you are in the VR AR space. That's we, right. We are thinking about that. We are interested in that. Um, so it is not enough for me to merely drop that nugget. Please tell us exactly what it is that you do. Sure. So Semtrex is a diversified technology company. We have several different operating brands. Uh, from the IoT space to security technology, but also AR and VR, which is a big focus for us going forward. So uh, we operate a number of different brands. We've been building in VR for the last uh, three or four years already. So we're quite familiar with the space and uh, we're very excited for sort of the next phase of uh, the computing uh, paradigm as we you know get into the metaverse. Obviously with the recent news with Facebook uh, you know, transitioning to the metaverse. Um, there's a lot of discussion around this, and we think the time is is perfect for uh, for VR now to take off. So, what exactly are you building? Because the metaverse can mean any number of things. It can be anything to do with the metaverse, right? So, 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 what are you building? Yeah. So, um, so we look at the metaverse as um, a number of different opportunities. It's going to evolve uh, dramatically over the next uh, 20, 30 years as 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 it takes shape. Uh, but right now we're very much in the nascent stage of this. And so, you know, our, our focus is to really uh, drive growth for our business uh, in areas where we see early adoption and areas where we see opportunities for uh, growing our business. So right now um, we've acquired um, a, a, a training uh, studio that is called Virtual Driver Interactive, where we build simulation technology for 
Um, right now, just for drivers, but we plan to evolve that as VR is used for training applications. Um, we also launched our first gaming studio, so we're building our first uh, VR game experience um, as part of the metaverse. Uh, that'll be launched early next year, um, and the, the name of that studio is called Bravo Strong, and we're launching our, our first sci-fi first-person shooter uh, in, in, in Q1. Uh, so that's really something that we're looking forward to as our first kind of foray of our own uh, technology and platform in, in the in the space. We also do make investments in, in VR as well. And so, you know, we kind of have an all of the above approach of, of building our own technology as well as finding and seeding companies that we see big potential in. Seems like everyone is 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 thinking of training, of professional training as like the primary, aside from gaming, uh, the primary use case of the metaverse. You're not, you're like the third or fourth person to come on our show and mention training specifically. Yeah. So... Yeah, so uh, I think that's an early, it's, it's sort of uh, some of the easier uh, low adoption kind of uh, uh, opportunities right in front of us. So, um, you know, for instance, I mean, you know, taking large equipment to trade shows, training your customers on um, complex equipment, it can be challenging to do things like that uh, inexpensive, right? So VR solves that problem. Uh, so, uh, you know, whether it's training sales teams or training your customers, um, that's clearly an opportunity where, um, you know, there's a number of opportunity and, you know, we've even seen this with, uh, you know, sort of in-person virtual training. You can train police forces, train, you know, fire firemen, you know, OSHA training. I mean, so there's a, a number of opportunities across the board when it comes to, to training, uh, you know, with VR. Is there another use case outside of the, the training and obviously the gaming that's, you know, really exciting to you? Yeah. So we're uh, heavily looking at um, a couple of things. Uh, one is entertainment. So, uh, I mean, you've seen some of the things that Fortnite has done uh, with with uh, their own experience with Ariana Grande and uh, uh, and some of the other artists that they put. So we see a big opportunity as as that evolves, and we're looking at forming some partnerships or joint ventures to launch uh, some kind of experience in, in terms of entertainment. Um, and then uh, additionally, I mean, I think everybody's trying to figure out how to monetize. So you have lots of app developers that are um, you know putting out products in there, but they don't have any easy way to monetize those applications. So we see that as a big opportunity in terms of, uh, you, know, ad, you know, monetization strategies, you know, whether it's advertising or similar sort of paradigms. So um, I think there's a number of things that are taking place. And I think as we, uh, we're planning to uh, launch a number of initiatives in, in the first half of next year, as we make more headway in, in the, the metaverse space. So well, the other things that we're doing is we invest in, in VR companies. So we made an investment in a company called Masterpiece VR. Um, and so there's going to be more development tools. So Masterpiece VR is a, is a content creator tool that allows people to rapidly create three-dimensional assets. And as you know, the metaverse comprises of all 3D digital assets. And so, um, you know, we view this as getting on the ground floor of a really great, uh, unique creation tool um, that will be, uh, you know, one of the primary tools as developers start to build more and more products in VR. So, um, you know, there, there are a number of different avenues that we're looking to cap capitalize on as, as in terms of uh, the next year or two within VR. Um, Cigar, one of the things that 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 concerns me here, because like, like as, as I said at the top, we are in, very interested in the metaverse right now. It, it is the hot topic of the of the last month. We we can thank uh, Facebook slash Meta for that. But we do this a lot, right? Where we get this idea, we focus on it, we get excited, and we realize, oh wait, we're still a while away from adoption. And then we move on. 
Um, yeah. And I, when, when I say we, I mean the public, investors, the media, right? It, the, whether it's cannabis, whether it's EV stocks. Um, right. And and that concerns me here now with, with the metaverse. Um, I think I saw a comment. I think it was a CEO of Tencent. I could be wrong. That said, like, everyone, like, slow down. Like, this is gonna, it's going to be, this is a long-term thing, but it's going to take a while. Maybe we're, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves right now. Do you, do, do you agree with that sentiment? I do think this is early days. You know, I mean, when you yeah. think about Amazon, you know, it started in 1994, right? But, it, you know, I mean, you know, you think about 20 years later is really when the true premise of what Amazon or the Bezos vision was really kind of materialized. I think this is sort of a similar kind of paradigm where um, we're in a in the early stages of a, a, a computing revolution that would could largely you know could be larger than the mobile computing revolution and um, has the potential for you know massive value creation. I think it is still very much early days, and that we are um, you know there are a lot of opportunities ripe uh, for for picking. However, um, you know it's going to take some time for the technology to evolve, for the bandwidth constraints to evolve, and we're going to start to see that over the next two to three years. And I think from that point onwards, it's just going to get better and better with each each year as the technology improves and makes it easier for the average person to spend more and more time in VR, right? And so when you look at like computer usage in the early 90s or late 80s versus where it is today, it's a similar paradigm that you're going to see with how many people, how much time the average user spends in VR today versus 10 years from now and 15 years from now and so forth. So, um, but that doesn't mean that um, there aren't, you know, the Amazons of, of tomorrow that are right for investing in or, or, or focusing on, right? Yeah, but people don't realize that Amazon was took like a decade to figure figure it out. At least in terms of, in ter- actually no, in terms of the business and in terms of the stock, right? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, I and I, I guess you know you mentioned a couple of those in- initiatives that 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 you're focusing on uh, in the in the first I guess quarter or so of next year. Can you? Can you can you pick one and, and, and tell us about it? Yeah, sure. So um, so we see obviously gaming is is one of the biggest opportunities um, to really enter the enter the the VR experience. And so um, we want to build a brand for ourselves, build a name for ourselves, and we felt that that was the easiest way to start to get in the door. And I think naturally, uh, you know, we believe that much bigger than gaming is our is our um, is our thinking. But, uh, you know, we want to kind of start with that, inch into it, and then start to evolve kind of what we're doing. Uh, I think in general, the entertainment experience is going to be crucial for um, what can can be done in VR. So we see that as a launching pad for educational experiences in VR, um, for creating entertainment experiences in VR. You know, reading your favorite book, instead of reading it, you could experience it in VR. Um, You know, so things like that, I think, are where we want to see this go. And by building our first game, we start to... Um, build that infrastructure in-house and start to set the tone of what we're trying to do um, and, and start to uh, kind of unleash the potential of, of what's possible in VR. So I think this is sort of, um, you know, we are trying to ride the wave of VR. And as, you know, to your point, this is going to take some time to evolve. And so we kind of want to ride that natural organic wave into the, into the, uh, into the future. Uh, Kenneth Piver, uh, I'm not sure, in our chat, says that you need some paintings on your wall but no he doesn't you just need some vr stuff on the wall some ar stuff on the wall i think that's the paintings are so 19th century we don't need that we we, we need some vr on the wall i'm sure I'm not, i don't know how that works but i'm sure you could probably figure it out 
Um, and then uh, the last thing is Ryan Norris asked if uh, uh, if you can share what you'll be presenting uh, at the uh, AR uh, reality event coming up. Um, I think uh, that information should be available on our social media accounts. If you ping them, uh, you know, that information should be there or on our website. Um, you know, but we'll make sure we put it out on Twitter or something where, you know, when they'll be presenting. Uh, and then I guess my last question for you is like, how far away is a company like yours from profitability? Not that that makes a difference necessarily now, but is that, is that on your radar? Yeah, I think, listen, uh, you know, focusing on profitability is crucial for us. I think, you know, we all also trying to balance that with driving top line growth, you know, so. Uh, especially when it comes to these cutting edge industries where, you know, requires a, a good amount of software development and, and, uh, and, and investment in sales and marketing activities. Um, you know, our first focus right now is to continue to drive partnerships, drive top line growth. Um, I do think that profitability is on the horizon, um, you know, but really right now our focus is to get some of our key initiatives within all of our segments um, uh, of going to sort of the next phase of our, of our product roadmap. And, and hopefully, you know, all of that will continue to drive top line growth and ultimately um, a, a high return on uh, our equity and, and profitability. Awesome. Cigar Goval is the CEO of Chemtrack. Cigar CETX and is joining us here on Benzinga Live, and we appreciate that. Have a good, day, have a good rest of your day, sir. Thanks. You too. All right. Uh, AB, are, are we running behind schedule? I don't think we are. I think we're somehow... No, we are on schedule. Looks like we're still waiting for our, our next... We, we never run on time. This is good. <laughs> It's like we're waiting for our next guest, Lena Chen from uh, Newborn Hi. Town, to join us. I'm sure she'll be joining any minute. Um, let's go ahead and get Cigar's banner off the screen. There we go. Spencer, anything in particular you're you're watching today? Uh, yeah. So, yes, frankly. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on in the pre-market session today between uh, earnings, between uh, the inflation number, like you mentioned. Uh, I was watching Coinbase. I was watching Coinbase because uh, I wasn't surprised by their uh, by by what they said in in their earnings report that you know and maybe we can bring the chart up there and uh, just uh, they saw a massive slowdown right uh, in in activity and that led to a dry, a, a miss on in top line revenue. Um, well, and- here you, you've got two catalysts. You've got a, a bear catalyst, which was the the negative or the right. not so great earnings report, and then you have your bull catalyst, which, which is, is the fact that crypto's at all time highs. Yes. Um, but like you said, it's that it- that, that was going to be my point. Is it's sort of a uh, you, you've got on the one hand a, a declining declining retail activity, which they themselves said, but on the other hand, in theory there should be some kind of a correlation with Bitcoin. So here's here, you know, when I go down to the five minute chart, you can see here the, you know, I guess, tale of two tapes. You've got the uh, big leg down after the earnings. But if you if you just start right there and the stock's doing pretty well since then, um, like you said, I'm not surprised about the bad earnings report because, of, of course, this is going to the previous quarter. So it's not taking into account um, necessarily all the trading that's happened over the past month, two months since Bitcoin has had its epic turnaround, um, and the previous quarter w- wasn't necessarily a great one f- for crypto. They talked about how uh, trading was down, like you mentioned. So I don't know. I mean, I, if you went in there and bought the dip right here, you're looking pretty good. I, I think we'll have to see kind of how if Bitcoin and Ethereum blast through their their all time highs and continue to rip higher. I know a lot of people are calling for Bitcoin to hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year. If that happens, you can bet your bottom dollar Coinbase will be 
trading significantly higher, but I think uh, right now I'm just sticking on the sideline. Um, you know, waiting to see kind of what happens right. with this. Brent, Brent Slava must listen to the call and so did Chris Kachi because they're saying, oh, it's all about the NFTs, but I didn't listen to the call, so I'm sorry, guys. I, I guess they hyped up the NFT uh, bandwagon uh, on their call. Uh, so I guess that's a catalyst that I didn't, that I have not considered yet. But uh, hey, I, I, I have a Coinbase account. That's where I have my, my, my crypto through. I feel sometimes like I didn't do enough research before just deciding to open an account one day and uh on coinbase but that's the breaks um well i think the nft it goes hand in hand i think if we see the nft hype continue the, the way what it's doing right now then we'll see ethereum continue to rise i mean i think if we if we see uh you, you know some wind taken out of the nft sales per se then uh, we'll, we'll see that in the the price of Ethereum and other cryptos. So it, I think it's all hand in hand. The, the NFT, though, it is, I think, being taken more and more seriously among the from the institutional side. So really, institution? No, and it, this is not. This is a retail story. That, that's not a bad thing. That's not a. That's I'm not, not saying a, institutions. Not are, I'm not saying institutions are going out buying um, NFTs. A, a bunch of NFTs. I'm oh. saying more from the sense that like Coinbase is saying, okay, yeah, we need to get into this space. Okay. Um, so, so more and more big players we'll see get into NFTs. All right, I'm also watching Rivian and Ford. Rivian is nothing to see right now. You've you've got the news feed up on the screen right there from Benzinger Pro that you, that you can see. So, you know, not a real surprise here to see uh, the stock uh, going to open above its IPO price of seventy eight dollars per share. Uh, if you think back to like a week and a half ago, the original, the estimated range was what like fifty five to sixty. They priced it last night seventy eight, and you can see here all the headlines we have in the pro. As we wait for Rivian to open here, we have shares indicated as high as one hundred and twenty five dollars today. Um, so they're still working through the order book, trying to figure out who gets what and at what price. Um, and when they get through that, we will have and we will open. And then I'll be watching Ford on top of that. Um, I don't know where Luke Jacoby is or what he's doing right now, but I really, really hope that he sold some of his forward calls today. He made a fantastic trade, and I, you know, let's pull up the forward chart. I I, I just, I, I worry here, and this is a daily, so this is good. Let, let's, let's keep this up. This is a daily chart of Ford. I, I don't know what the future holds, but if you're up big in, in Ford after this massive run, I would strongly, if it were me, I would definitely take some of my money if not all my money off the table here in ford if it were me i don't know about you ab yeah i mean anytime you have the type of returns that luke has had on this trade always a smart idea to trim some of those positions um but it can be fun to let him ride too we will see hey wait real fast what is ford's market cap 80 billion dollars okay what is rivian's market cap going to be well, the valuation was at sixty-five billion. But at, what was that at seventy-eight? Was that at seventy-eight? I think that was at um, that was at seventy-eight bucks a share. And we're now f- potentially thirty dollars above that, right? We're talking what, like forty percent? I don't know. Math is hard. I don't know. But um, so is Rivian going to have a, a higher valuation than Ford? What's the what's the thought process behind Ford owning ten percent of Rivian? Is is it just the fact that Rivian's going to be a direct competitor? So if they start um, taking some of Ford's market 
share that at least Ford has some stake in the game? Yeah, Ford and GM were both trying to invest in, in Rivian. Ford, I think Ford uh, thought they had it and then thought they lost it to uh, to GM, and then GM thought they had it, but then Ford got it back. Um, so in the U.S., uh, pickup trucks are the number one selling vehicle. It's Ford's right. number one selling vehicle. Right, and that's what Rivian pivoted to a few years ago. Right, right exactly. So. so that's why I'm curious. It's because like if Rivian's truck is directly competing with the Ford Lightning electric yeah. truck. Yeah, but it's more, I guess... But it's more of a case of like they all have to compete with Tesla in a way, right? So not really. I don't think the Cybertruck's going to be a thing for another. Um, but t- all right, here's a good one: take it or leave it, buy or sell. Cybertrucks will be on the road this time next year. No, no, I'll sell that. What about this time two years from now? Sure. You no. think so? Two years from now? I don't think so. Okay, definitely not next year. Um, look, I, Ford and GM, they, they do, this is what they do. They make investments across the space, right? Why did GM go down the, the Nikola rabbit hole, right? It's, it's the same idea. They have to make investments in the space. So this is part of that. Um, All right, so Young Money saying he's selling uh, one year out Cybertruck, but buying two years. Yes, Brent, this is new. This is our new segment. Take it or leave it. Yeah, we came up with that like two minutes before showtime. Uh, yeah, let me well, let me try to think of some more some good take it or leave it. Well, while you do that, I, I'm I'm still just watching the newsfeed here on Rivian. Uh, I would expect it would open within the next hour. All right. I obviously can't say for sure. Take it or leave it. Rivian shares will be trading within. Dude, the next why hour. are we doing? I don't understand why we're doing this. The take it or leave it on everything. Take it or leave it on take. Hey, take it or leave it on take it or leave it. Chat. Let I'm it, taking it. Chat. Let us know what you think. But I go back to my point. Luke, I don't know where you are, but if you are, please sell your Ford a little bit. Thank you. Um, because he made a great trade. And I worry about days like today being a topping event for for uh, a stock like Ford. So um, there's that. Okay. Uh, it is 1237. I do not see our next guest here, which means we're going to just keep on rolling. And uh, we will have we will have a, a another guest coming up at twelve forty five. Uh, the CEO of uh, Equipped uh, Medical, Greg Crawford, will be on the show uh, in a few minutes from now. Uh, let's go back to our doc where we planned the show today, and I wanted to talk about. Let's see, we hit on Coinbase, we hit on Rivian. Um, I want to talk talk about Disney actually. Because Disney reports earnings tonight. They're in my never sell portfolio. But we have two events coming up. We have earnings tonight. And we have their uh, their Disney Plus streaming extravaganza, whatever you want to call it, event on Friday. Where they're going to like say, hey, look. Look at all the really cool stuff we have coming up on Disney Plus. So two potential catalysts for Disney. The chart doesn't look great. Can you pull it up, please? The chart does not look great right now um i think it was trading around it's 200 day at moving average uh this morning maybe maybe the 50 day let's go out to the daily chart i mean i don't know spencer it's been trading sideways it's done nothing for the majority of the year almost the entire year right it's done nothing for the last the high was in march right um we go back out high was right here march yeah fifth it looks like so we've done nothing here for, for nine months. Sometimes stocks know. just like to take a little break from going higher. Yeah. 
I know. So I, I want to know how, how you feel about this. I, I, and I want you to, again, I, I don't intend to, I'm not selling this thing, but, but what if, what we, if we, what if we, are we gonna, can, can we think about this in the context of like Netflix and, and, and what they said? Cause they, cause they're, you know, they pumped the brakes on their earnings report. Uh, Roku pumped the brakes on theirs as well. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm worried like I can wake up on Monday and Disney's like, I don't know. What if we did like a, a straddle on Disney where we said we think it's going to move at least uh, 3% in either direction? That is a, I, yes, actually, you want to set that up because I, I would definitely, I've never put on a spread before, so I'll screw it up, but I would take that bet. Who is, um? You, you wait, wait, no, 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 let's wait. Let's wait when, for Nick come, to come on. Okay. Nick Shaheen's our options guy. Let's have Nick walk us through. Uh, but he's not going to want it to. Like, I, I, it's not going to be a, as much of a YOLO trade once Nick is on. You're right. Nick, Nick is not going to YOLO his money on this. It's going to be very like defined loss, and, and that's that's that, that's fine. That's boring. It's yeah. All right. Oh, a firm. A firm's reporting earnings today. Uh, I I mean, a firm's just been an absolute monster ever since the uh, the Amazon deal. No, it's coming off a little bit. Well. To, Wait, the earnings are tonight and it's already down 12% today? It's not uh, a good sign. I think the earnings are already out. Oh, someone in the chat said um, a firm is... I can't keep... There's 10,000 of these a day. I can't keep up. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, the, the earnings were not out yet. After close today. So does no. someone just know something we don't know and that's why the stock is trading down 12%? You have, to, you have to look at it within the context of like what is trading up and what is trading down today. Oh, so many of these hot stocks are just getting like punished right now. Like how's uh, pull up upstart? UPST. How's that hanging today? Not great, Spencer. It's down about 18 and a half percent. Yeah. I mean, it's up from the open, but the boat that's down from what the What does Upstart do? Loans. Okay. That was, yeah. a call. That, that was a trick question. You're trying to get me. <laughs> it was a You were trying to get me. I know what Upstart does. They do loans. They're <laughs> a fintech lender. Smash the like if you got that reference. Um, any, any other stocks that we're watching some crazy uh, movement on today? We, I've been watching Roblox all day. So Roblox yeah, monster, monster quarter, great earnings was up about 20, no 30% yesterday and is now trading lower, uh, by about 8%. So this might just be a little sell-off after that massive rip up or, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, a lot of times when a company reports great earnings and it goes up like 10%, my thought process is, oh, this can't keep going up. And what does it do? It keeps going yeah, up. I know. How many times have I said that to myself this year? Too many. But so I, I actually bought some Roblox yesterday while it was up about 30%. And now it's down 10%. So <laughs> who knows? Nice. Very nice. Uh, okay. We'll have our next guest on, Greg Crawford, in a couple of minutes. Let's catch up on the chat. Um Happy saying uh, Rivian shares will be indicating at 105. Oh that's unconfirmed, but well, that that's just that's just a block though. That's just a block of shares. We have to get through the whole thing first. So, um, yeah. But you know what? Let, let's do it. Let's do an informal survey slash poll in the chat, and whoever gets closest will get some swag. Okay. Drop your drop your price in the chat. Where will Rivian open? Know that the IPO price was 78. The most recent indication was 105. The highest indication was 125. Um, drop your number in the chat. What price does Rivian open for trading at? When if it even opens today? That 
of course it'll open. That was a mean thing to say. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, we got some numbers. 120, 197, 96, 125, 132. Voodoo, wow, that's bullish. 81, Proton, 81. I think you're on the low end of that one, Proton. Uh, we got we got 90 in there. We got 94, 129.50. I love the, 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 the uh, specificity of that. Down to the penny, 125.50. 103, 105, 93. Shelly, 64. Get, get out of here, Shelly. 64. Come on. Be serious. Okay. So we seem to have a consensus of uh, somewhere in the 105 to 120 range. We're waiting for this. And when it when it comes out, we will be uh we, we will be there for it when it happens. Uh, of course, NCAL asking the uh, the million dollar question is where does it close? If I knew that answer, I'd be a very rich man. I guarantee, I, man. I almost, I, I, I want to bet right now. You want to bet on? Uh, but I don't know. I want to bet it closes, it closes down from the open. So, uh, you down can't. from the open. Huh. That's a good. That's a good point because you can't uh, trade. It, you can't trade options on it yet. It will close up from the IPO and and down from the open. Is my is that's not a very hot take though. That I think that's. That's 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 a common thing we see. There, you, there are sites you can bet on certain <laughs> events on. I don't know. That's a good. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Spencer. Okay. Uh, while we digest that, let's bring on our next guest. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, this this company, uh, in many respects, and and you can see it in in the chart of their stock, uh, is seen as a COVID play. Uh, and now that we are, uh, hopefully maybe trying to come out of that uh, companies like, like, like our next, uh, our next one are, 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 you know, figuring out where they stand in, in, in the future here in, in a real post COVID world. So Greg Crawford is the CEO of Quipped medical. Let's get him up on the screen. If we can. Guys. Mr. Crawford, how are we doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? It, was my up. was my introduction a fair assessment? You know, uh, I, I have to tell you, as far as being a COVID play, I think you're off on that. COVID has okay. actually held this company down and that for over a year and a half from executing on our organic growth. Although we've grown about 10% over the past couple of years each year, we're on pace this year for 11% or so. Uh, but uh, well, we, I, I had I had assumed though, because you you make ventilators, do you not? Yeah, yeah, but all, all of our services are uh, home, home-based services. Okay, uh, So we're fair. taking care of patients inside their homes. And we have not been able to expand our sales force. And, and our current sales force has not been able to quite go as deep as they'd like to in some of the different referral sources because of the visitation restrictions and things like that. So we think we're going to do much better once we get outside of COVID. So of all the different products, and I mentioned the home ventilation, but you guys also, you, you, you make... Uh, Sleep apnea um, uh, treatments uh, and uh, 
and of all, of all your different products and services, what what is what is the highest growth area right now? Yeah, so the highest <clears throat> growth area for us really is just across our entire respiratory category. So this okay. year we're up about uh, 40% and that just over 40%, about 10% of that is organic. Uh, so we continue to see strong demand for all of our products as just the overall push for home-based care and services uh, it has been going on for quite some time. And I think COVID has really just kind of uh, brought it more to the limelight and rationalization is that these patients can be taken care of in the home setting rather than a hospital setting. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, so, so Greg, you, you've spoke before about the company's acquisition strategy. Um, and I'm just curious if you, if you can outline that again for our audience here today. Yeah, sure. So we have a three-tiered acquisition strategy. Um, right now, we would consider ourselves kind of a regional player. We're currently in 15 states. Uh, uh, this year to date, we've added five new states. Uh, so we continue to look for opportunities in that to expand into new states, uh, obtain new insurance contracts within those states. Uh, and that's kind of the first tier in that of our acquisition strategy is, is really looking for sub uh, $5 million type companies, but they, uh, they've got an infrastructure and they hold a lot of insurance contracts. That allows us to kind of go in and capitalize on that particular market that they're in and then also add continuum markets. Second, so you, you, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, keep going. No, no, the second tier of our strategy is to look for heavily weighted respiratory companies. Uh, typically those companies we're seeing in the five to $20 million top line revenue range. Uh, and then the uh, third tier, and that is to look for much larger, more uh, material size acquisition from a revenue standpoint and an EBITDA, EBITDA standpoint. And right now with our uh, robust pipeline, we've got all three of those. Uh, to date, in that we've uh, since about uh, July, we've closed six acquisitions for a total of about sixteen wow. million dollars in top line revenue growth. Wow! And and how are you funding those? Uh, mostly all cash with our um, current cash on hand. So uh, wow. occasionally we will we will issue some shares if we want to align some management in that with our culture to keep them on. So, Greg, I, I understand there was a, a a recent acquisition. Do you want to go ahead and, and speak a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So we just expanded in the state of Illinois and that uh, via the way of an acquisition uh, was a really uh, Illinois is a very important state for us. It's one of the top uh, states there with uh, patients with uh, high acuity of lung disease and uh, COPD. And that's so we're really looking to heavily expand in that state. But it also kind of aligned a metro market for us in, in that between uh, St. Louis and Chicago, uh, where we currently have operations. Uh, so uh, we were able to add about 3,700 patients and about uh, $2.5 million in top-line revenue and also connect two geographical areas along with some important insurance contracts to operate in that state. Greg, you mentioned COVID being a, a headwind in that it, it did sort of hinder your sales for us a little bit. But I, I'm curious, aside from that, what have you observed in the last year and a half in terms of just cons um, patient behavior. Uh, for context, my uh, fiance doesn't anymore, but she used to work in a senior living community and uh, she just recently left, but having worked in, you know, there for, for eight, for seven or eight years. Uh, and the changes that, that she saw in the last year and a half uh, were, were startling just in terms of, you know, this, their census was got so low. And part of that was due, of course, to, to, uh, to people passing away, but also people not moving in. Right. So and and just choosing to, to stay at home more. Uh, and I'm, I'm just curious what 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 you've observed in terms of patient behavior in the last year and a half. 
Yes, absolutely. And that, I mean, that kind of uh, dovetails off of our story here in that, whereas we're taking care of the patients in, in the home-based setting and that, and they require our equipment and our services to go along uh, with those particular products. So, so that's where we've really been uh, uh, stepping in and making a difference in the marketplace there. We've seen trends in our uh, referrals in that. Uh, we've primarily been hospital-based and long-term care-based kind of uh, referrals in that, which is what we, that's where the majority of our business comes from. But we've seen a lot of that uh, go uh, direct to the physician in that. So rather than that physician maybe sending them to the hospital or long-term care, we feel that uh, they're, they're ordering these products directly from their offices. Uh, and we think that we're also getting these patients earlier in the onset of their disease state. Uh, which bodes very well for us uh, because then we're able to keep them on service longer. Yeah, this this to me seems like a demographics play more than anything else, right? It's it's it, it's it's if anything, it's just a bet on people getting older and needing needing more medical attention. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's ten thousand people turning sixty five or older every day, and that's that's really that's our core market. Uh, the market itself is growing about five or six percent a year, so we've kind of been uh, doubling that the past few years. So you, you mentioned expanding to different states. You mentioned Illinois. Uh, is the eventual plan here to be in every state? Because right now you're in, I believe, what like a dozen. We're in fifteen. Yes, absolutely. 15, okay. We're looking to build out a uh, national presence in that as we continue to expand in that, uh, both uh, organically and inorganically through acquisitions. So, Greg, um, as the the industry of kind of home health care grows, are there areas that you think investors should be looking out for ways to kind of invest in the home care industry as a whole? Like, is it in telehealth? Is it in companies like yours that provide uh, equipment for people to have at home care? Yeah, I mean, it could be all of the above. I think anything that's home based care, whether it be home health or it be durable medical equipment or uh, uh, some type of telehealth or something, uh, you know, would definitely be a good investments if that's what you're looking to do with your money. And what do you think the timeline is on that? Do you think uh, like the whole look of healthcare looks different than it does today in, in 10, 20 years down the road? Yeah, I think uh, the push for home healthcare and that is only going to continue in that. Uh, and I think uh, COVID has really kind of brought that to the limelight that uh, now physicians, uh, insurance companies can see that these patients can be taken care of in, in the home setting rather than going to a long-term care type setting or a hospital or something for some of their uh, ailments that they need treated, especially with our remote monitoring patient uh, features that we have on uh, our ventilation and our sleep products and things like that. Greg, you mentioned in your investor deck the, the strong regulatory or the favorable regulatory environment right now. Uh, what what exactly makes the regulatory environment so favorable for 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 Quipped? Yeah, yeah. So for uh, so there's been a program uh, uh, that was implemented in 2010 called the DME Competitive Bidding Program. Uh, that's where the industry really had undertaken some drastic cuts from 10 2010 to 2016. You've seen a lot of consolidation in the industry at that time, uh, but really since 2010 uh, or since 2016, I'm sorry. The industry has not seen any uh, significant reimbursement cuts. And the program, uh, the DME competitive bid program was set to take effect January 1, 2021. And it was actually, uh, Medicare had removed uh, 13 product categories, which is essentially everything that Quip provided to Medicare beneficiaries um, 
for this round that was to begin January 1. And the reason they removed it is, quote, their, their quote, they did not achieve the expected savings. Uh, so when the rates actually came out in early January of this year and that they were actually about 30 to 40 percent higher in some major metropolitan areas uh, for services that we provide. So, you know, we can definitely see why they removed those because they sure didn't want to pay us additional. So we think with where the rates sit right now, uh, you know, we're just got a clear outlook in that for what our fee for service looks like in that uh, for the foreseeable future. Also, we've recently here in 21, we've also received uh, some increases um, on oxygen rates that had begun uh, April 1st of 2021. Also, uh, for home oxygen, there has been uh, some changes in that to the coverage determination and also for the types of patients that they cover and that now patients with acute diagnosis is beginning in 2022 will be covered uh, for home oxygen services. And also they've removed some of the burdensome paperwork that's required. Uh, in terms of the, the medical device side of your business, I'm, I'm wondering if you have seen or felt any sort of supply chain screwiness. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And for that, lack of, it, it, that, that, that's the official term, by the way. The yeah. Yeah. If we had to pick something wacky there and that, uh, you know, going on a headwind in the industry, it would definitely be supply chain. Okay. Uh, you know, so we've definitely had that. We've had it throughout the entire pandemic. We continue. How so? To How so? Uh, just access to uh, certain products and services at a given time. Uh, but we've done a great job of managing through that, being able to forecast what our needs are. And that's really, that's still kind of driving the organic growth is our ability to actually get products. So I think we're doing better than uh, probably a lot of other providers out there, especially a lot of the quote mom and pop providers out there. There's over 6,000 of them. So with our buying abilities uh, and our forecasting abilities and that we've been able to kind of pre-plan a little bit better. Yeah, I find it so fascinating because it, it seems like the access to this at-home medical care, it's almost like we're going... Uh, back in time to when it was commonplace for doctors to make home visits, of course, with, with new technology. But um, I, I just think this industry as a whole, as far as being able to get medical care at your home, uh, is fascinating and will continue to grow. Yes, no doubt about it. I think we're seeing everything home-based uh, home care or anything kind of go home-based from delivery service of food and, and dating all the way back to getting your milk delivered, I guess you could say. You can get groceries yeah. delivered now. That's true. That's I, hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about it like that, but uh, that's a good point. <laughs> Greg Crawford is the CEO of uh, Quipped Medical. Joining us here on Bending Alive. Greg, appreciate the time. Have a good one. Thank you. We appreciate it. Have a great day. All right. Uh, let's get that banner off the screen. And we're going to have our next guest on in a couple of minutes. Jesse Kaler will be joining us. So uh, we'll be talking some trades and some charts with Jesse at 1 o'clock. Uh, in the meantime, Rivian has not yet opened. I actually haven't seen a new indication in a few minutes. Easy I, I, Mike's talking about Uber puts in the chat. Yeah, a lawsuit, um, I guess, from the DOJ regarding the America, the ADA, the American with Disabilities Act. Um, again, we talked about this off the top of the show, right? I just don't, for whatever reason, I just don't think the street really cares about this kind of a headline. Well, I think what's interesting and what I always like to do is if I'm looking at a company like Uber, I want to see its relative strength or weakness compared to peers. So obviously with Uber, its biggest uh, peer would be Lyft. Uh, but you have others as well, like DoorDash is up a bunch today, I think, on, on strong earnings. But um, the, the fact to me, when you, if you just look at it, I mean, Lyft is down too, but Lyft is down about one 
about 1.3%, while Uber is down, let's see, about about 3%. So to me, that's showing saying that, look, investors are, uh, you know, there's more sell pressure on Uber than Lyft today. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can get behind some Uber puts. I already don't like Uber as a, as a, as a stock, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the company just has like profitability issues. They have uh, legal problems, as Easy Mike is pointing out. And like yeah. you said, let, I mean, you think- let's let's zoom out on this. Let's go to a weekly. No, let's go to a monthly on Uber. Spencer, let's- you were talking about this the other day that you you just think the, um, I guess, business model of you know the the food delivery, the Uber. Oh, I think it's wrong. I think that I think it's terrible for small businesses. Yeah, so. and I mean, I don't know. I think. I don't know. I, I, I'm looking at Uber puts. I'm not saying, oh, this is, this stock's going to trade lower in, in the next week. I, I don't know. I don't know. Who, Make who a call. Ha, give us a hot take. Make a stand. Stand for something. I am buying. I'm tailing Easy Mike. Easy Mike, that's good enough for me. Okay. All right. <laughs> and the fact that I already don't like the business model. Uber, uh, for whatever it's worth, um, is, is is trading above speaking of IPO is trading above its IPO price um and above its opening price uh of thirty eight dollars so um took a long time to get there took over it took over a year to get there year and a half but uh <laughs> finally finally in, in the black if, if you bought Uber on day one um okay we are gonna keep our eyes on Rivian just to see in its pull up a chart here just to see when it opens I, I don't think it it has uh our IVN it has not, but when it does open, we will know and we will talk about it. But in the meantime, let's talk about uh, some other charts with Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading. Joins us every Wednesday on this show. We'll bring him on now. Jesse, what's up, man? How are we doing? Oh, doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. It's Wednesday. It's daylight savings. It gets dark at like 2 o'clock now, and uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So, uh, what stocks are you watching today? There's a lot going on out there. Um, I was watching the bank stocks, uh, looking at some uh, hotel resorts, you know, RRR. Um, been looking at the Neo node, the one that I brought up actually with you guys uh, sometime early last year when they were around six. We, we had that target of nine, currently um, almost breaking that $10 mark. So, I was going to show you show that one off today. Um, but let me Uh-oh. Cool. Ding, do ding, a screen ding. share real quick. Do we do we just get? Do we open up yeah. the um, one oh six dollars and seventy five cents? A hundred six dollars. I have to refresh my my chart now. A hundred six dollars and seventy five cents for Rivian. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm not gonna go back into the chat and see who came closest. I'm sure one of you came close. Here it's one oh eight. Yeah, it's rolling. Let's see. I'll, I'll go to nine, one ten. Since Spencer refuses to. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, AB. Uh, we had someone guess one ten. What what was it open at? One oh eight. One oh eight seventy five. Oh, Grant Gibson with a one oh nine. Oh oh. Duncan Bracy. No. Wait a minute. We didn't say if we're doing prices right rules or not. What is prices right rules? You can't um, go over. Can't go closest without going over. Duncan got the closest without going over, but technically Grant. Came closest. Ooh. Wait, why did Grant come? It opened at what? 108. 75. What's up, James? Sorry, James. Uh, he, has, he always says hi every day. So we had a couple guesses for 109. AP, Grant Gibson. 
Um, yeah. So good guesses in the chat, everyone. Yeah, no. we're, we're at one. We're at How one high does it go? Two hundred, and then back down to ninety-seven. Oh, no, I, I, you could talk <laughs> me into one fifty as in the next like ten minutes, and then end of, end of the day at like ninety. But uh, I think two hundred, two hundred is a tad high. Remember sure. uh, when Coinbase opened? It opened at what, like two or one eighty yeah, or something, yeah, and went all the way ridiculous. up to like four fifty, and then came back down. Oh, Coinbase Rivian's already. Insane. Let's see. Well, there's your first red, nice little red candle there. <laughs> Always wait. It was 106. Happy. I, Happy I, saying 106.75. Wait, did I misread? I may have misread it. Oh, it is 106. Oh my God, uh, Spencer! So fake I, news. I screwed up. Spencer I messed up. News. I screwed up. I thought it was 108. It was 106. I was off by only two dollars. All right, now I got to go back. I, I I take back what I said about who was closest. So we're looking for 106.75. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mistake. I'm sorry. 106.75 IPO price at 78. Congrats to all those people because they're now making money on their long-term investment. Right. Um, anyway, so we got sidetracked with with Rivian. Uh, That's good can, stuff. You, can, can we go back to what was on your list? Yeah, just talking um, touches technology. I, I, I just shared your charts. This is Teledyne. Yeah, TDY, they're the uh, biggest competitor to Neo Node, and Neon was the one that I was talking about earlier, which is Touchless. They do like Touchless technology for like elevators, um, things of that nature for the future. So, um, I was, elevators of the future. Yeah, where you know a lot of people go in a lot of button touching. You don't want to get in and touch elevator buttons. So if you can go up and just like put just barely even put your hand over the button, then it'll actually put it up, pull it up for you. And they're they got a big contract for that. And then they also have it to where they can attach to Windows 10 capable computers, and it makes their screen touch screens, uh, touchless, but Wait, not actually touch. This reminds me of a game that we used to play when I was a kid. Uh, my, my cousins and I, whenever we, the family would all go to a, a hotel or whatever, the game was run into the elevator, hit every button at the same time, and see where you, see where it takes you. <laughs> and you, you germs, want, germs, you want to, germs, germs, germs. No. You want to know how like? Do you want to know how that game ended? This is a true story. You want to know how that game ended? It ended with us stuck in between the floors. Oh no! <laughs> yes, I swear. I have a cousin uh, who, to this day, will not get into an elevator with me. That was oh, like twenty. God. It was like twenty-five years ago that this happened. Uh, a little bit less than that, twenty years ago. Uh, and he will not get into an elevator with me because we got stuck. And true story. Anyway, so um, nobody get on the elevator with Spencer. Okay, if he's in a, a joking. Mood. No, and, and and hey, and real quick, other side note, uh, that was actually not my first time being stuck inside an elevator. I've gotten stuck twice. Um, the first time was actually, I, I uh, the the doors closed on me um, when I was like six years old. It, it was a traumatic experience. The bottom line is, do not get into an elevator with me. Okay, that's the bottom line here. Um, anyway, let's go back to the charts. <laughs> Yeah, so we were on um, with you guys back where this line is here, and you're at um, like around May of 2020, and we were watching this same play, and we were talking about it as touchless technology. I think I just felt like it was this is an old company; they've been around since um, 1976, so it's not like a oh, new wow. company. And they've, I think, this is just finally the the environment that they needed to maybe break away. And when they you start looking up, okay, who's their, their competitors? And you look at TDY, a four hundred dollars stock, 
you start thinking, okay, maybe there's there's a space here that hasn't been touched by a lot of people, and these they they've been in it for a long time. So it's just kind of a long term idea play for me. Maybe they get into this whole metaverse if there's a lot of need for touchless technology in the future, as in video gaming, uh, health wise, uh, restaurants going to touchless um, ordering servicing st- like order style. Um, I think that this just I think they have a lot of room to grow so just one that i'll be watching but today in particular did take a little um position in gld um that was what gold what what are you a boomer no just i i heard triple d talking about it and i was like you know what i'm already i'm already thinking banks everyone in the chat's going talking gold and i think that you know it wasn't working for a hedge play for a lot of people but I just wanted to get maybe 80 cents to a dollar, just a little bit, just to have some green today out of the uh, red morning I woke up to. And I made, you know, made that, made that dollar I needed out of them and um, not a huge move in a stock that's $172. But at the same time, it, it, if it's green, it's green, right? Jesse, what about for people like me that's looking at Roblox and trying to figure out a way to play Roblox when it was up 30% yesterday, now down 10% today or 8% today, uh, what, what are some options on how we can, you know, play this? Um, if you're synthetically long, you can sell puts that are deeply um, out of the money, maybe, and at a, at a position that, you know, maybe a strike that you would feel comfortable buying them. And then you collect that premium every week or month until it gets down to that price until you're willing to pay for it. And you use that money that you make off the premiums to uh, pay for more of the shares. What So, so what if I sold puts at like, $80 and then I bought a put at I don't know 95 or something. So if I thought it was going to continue to go down for a little bit but not all the way to my lower strike price. Then you're going to make that money off that 95 all the way as it goes down and then you're going to also uh, be able to collect that premium as long as it remains above that $80. You just want it to end up between 80 and um the what you say 95? Yeah, something like that. I mean, so, do you think yeah. something like that is is a good idea? Uh, yes, if you if you're if that's the opinion that you're taking on it, you know if you think that it's going to fall um, below that range, now you will lose that 95 if it stays above that. You know you're going to lose out on that whatever you pay for the premium on the 95. That's a potential loss there, but um, it's going to make the the play possibly a little cheaper for you. Um, it's a good way to do a spread, you know, on 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 a stock that you're comfortable with that you want to buy anyway. I, I would. I would strongly recommend for anyone that's trying, in my opinion, to buy a stock that they want to get in, but they don't think that it's at the price they want to buy it. They just sell the puts at the price that they want to pay for it. And then if you get at, you, you get now, it could be dangerous. Well, that's, if what it goes, with, that's what you do with Snapchat. Why didn't I do that? Well, I so so. But if I wanted to just sell a put and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't doing a spread, you need to have like a certain amount of money in your portfolio to be able to do so. Correct. Correct. Yes. But buying a or doing a spread versus just selling the put alone makes it a little bit more affordable. Yes, it alleviates some of that um, equity that you have to have. So it's it's all about positions. You know how you know when you're talking a hundred dollar stock, you'd expect someone to have that decent amount of you know buying power available if they're looking to buy a hundred shares of a hundred dollar stock. You know that's a that's a big that's a big one. You know I think. Um, that we're talking, but it's good for people when you're talking, just trying to make premium, even just to, just to do it. Like you just, like you just suggested, you could do that same way Buy the 95, sell the eighties, 
and collect that premium regardless of what you want to do position wise in the shares. Got it. Uh, Rich Williams saying good afternoon, everyone from Florida. Good afternoon, Rich. How are you doing? Let us know in the chat what stocks you were watching. We'll go ahead and take a look at them with Jesse. Uh, Jesse, any other trades that you're looking at that are setting up for you? Um, I did want to see just see where it's at 116. Oh, nice. I'm also watching China stocks here because I guess Easy Mike noted it and I don't even you. know if we care, but Evergrande <laughs> officially defaulted. Do we care about that? I'm watching China. That, that sounds bearish for China stocks, right? Nah, that sounds bullish because we buy the dip. So, um, <laughs> But there has to be a dip to be bought. The dip already happened. Now we're buying it. Oh, know. okay. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I'm watching something that I I wasn't even on my radar until yesterday. That's Hyzon Motors, uh, ticker HYZN, having yeah. a breakout today. I've got some open calls on, on the oh, stock. Nice. We, had them on the, we had them on the show. Hyzon? Uh, no, you're yeah. thinking of Hillion. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> you sure? Yes, I'm sure. They, we had them on one of, I don't remember which show. Take it or leave it. We've had Hyzon on. We 100% had Hyzon. I'm going to. Anyway, keep going. Check the calendar. I will. So you're making some money on those calls. Yeah, they're up nicely. I, I It was kind of a smaller position for me because I didn't um, honestly really know a lot about the, the stock. Um, but the chart, I don't know. I don't know why what caused me to buy the calls on it yesterday, but I did. And they're up, let's see, total return of 38% right now. We, we watch had what happens there. at 662 and then watch right now so if it has to break out of this 662 will be your your next resistance i think and then if it breaks through that then you got a nice little move to the upside i i think they're at, they're at one of our small cap conferences honestly what i was looking at it and yesterday when i when i bought the calls the stock was trading at about like five dollars and 80 cents and I, I was reading about the company and i was like this is a 1.5 billion dollar company that's in the ev space uh i think it's worth a flyer at at five or whatever it was at and I, the company just happened to put out good news today and the stock's up a bunch so sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure we had highs on one of our small cap conferences just fyi so it wasn't actually a show but you get the idea um what else here uh again i'm keeping an eye on oh, easy mike wants to wants to know about edu yeah i'm keeping an eye on all these chinese names right now because i had edu i called it out mike you know that at uh, 180 in the chat um was when james and i got in i was like hey i think 180s are going to be a good uh a good point for for edu and then it just went straight up after that and we sold and i was like i'm out as a, you know when you get 60 70 cents on the stock like that i was like i'm out of here this is one of the sectors that China yes. came in and said, hey, we're going to make this so it's like non-for-profit. So how is this company even going to make money if, if it's uh, going to be run? Well, as a they, they said they could do tutoring now, right? I think that's what they said like last week. I don't know. But see, it's leveling out at $2 now. So you had your run up, 50% retracement, and then now it's going to come back and try to attack that 240, 250 mark. And then it either or it, break, or it breaks down and makes a new low, you know, it could, could go down to $1.50 again and come back down here to, to this 175 150 so in my opinion you put your stop out right there at uh under 195 so you maybe one do a 175 stop trying to get another trying to get a two to three to one ratio on it to the upside get back up to that 250 can you pull up uh the spy chart real quick uh jesse i don't know what happened but uh, dum, dum, dum. what happened people are taking some profit off the table you get one day of uh red and tesla just like triple d said and it's going to 
change the sentiment across the board on how everyone's feeling. Cause I think a lot of people went from, okay, put a lot of risk on the table to maybe I was a little late to this party and thinking that it was just going to be easy peasy and keep going up. And then we just got the, you get what they call is the, the rug pull. And I think you're witnessing a, a nice little rug pull and you're going to probably see it go all the way down to 461, 42 before you um, catch a real, a real uh, buyer coming in again. All right, I am watching Rivian and Ford together here because Rivian is still going. Ford is not. Ford, Ford, Ford obviously ran up on this headline for the last couple of weeks. It was it was running up into the Rivian IPO. Uh, and now that we are actually open, the Rivian is actually going higher here. Ford is doing no such thing. So, again, I reiterate, if you're a certain person that had, like, I don't know what Ford's going to continue to go down. What, it looks like. what I, I don't even know what strike Luke had those calls at. If you had like six dollar calls in Ford, for example, from like February, I would sell some. Just putting it out there. I agree. I agree. Um, especially, I, I know some people, uh, and even in our group that have. I mean, one, he's made at least thirty, forty, fifty grand off of this this play with Ford and um, just by selling the way that I kind of told um, um, you Aaron. guys are. Yeah. Aaron, sorry. I was going to, I was trying to go AB and I was like AB and Aaron all in my head at the same time. So I was just <laughs> going with earlier. Um, but earlier when we were talking about how to get into Roblox, he was basically saying, you know, I'm going to buy Ford shares and sell out of the money calls and buy out of the money calls and ride this thing all the way up. And he just, and he was been doing it since I think 10 bucks. So he killed it. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Luke gave it out as his 2021 stock of the year last January when the I stock remember. was about eight, nine dollars, and it's gone up over a hundred percent since then. So anyone who's been in the Ford trade over the past year, congratulations. As Spencer said, we hope you've taken some profits on the way up. That's what I did. I'm out. I haven't been in Ford since Ford is in my IRA. I'm not, it's just been in there since about it's actually, let me check right now. I mean, I'm not, I'm saying, I'm saying from experience, right? I've been out of Ford since like 13, 14. I, I think I ran it from seven to 13. Um, I have a lot of red positions in my, so I opened an IRA last January. So I've had it for almost a year. Um, the port, This past, this past one. This past okay, January. Okay. So I've had it for about 10, 11 months. See, I'm pull, pulling it up right now. The portfolio as a total is up 20%. It's probably about in line with the market had I just bought um spy or something but what's what's been helping it is only two stocks and that's ford which is up 80 percent from where i added it at and nvidia which is up 121 percent from where i added it at pretty much everything else i've got neo in there um i've got quantum scape in there i've got southwest airlines in there everything else is in the red but ford and nvidia Wait, can, I, can i ask what, what you're up here today yeah you said 20 but is that is that right is it actually 20 or is it are you ballparking um, it's twenty point seven one. All right, so you've underperformed the Nasdaq in this one, and the, I've underperformed. Yeah, you've underperformed. Yes. I want to give an update on Uber. Easy Mike's call out. He literally said it as as he said in the chat when we were talking about. It, I bought that and I put it in the chat. A forty four dollar strike put uh, weekly, and I'm up fifteen percent since you said that. I also Whoa. bought. I also bought some Uber puts. I'm up ten percent on them. I bought the uh, month the monthlies that expire. Wait, just now. Yeah. yeah, Spencer said, "Put your money where your mouth is." Uh, I heard yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't think you were gonna do it. I said I was gonna. All right, so I, I bought the the monthlies that expire next Friday, uh, November. I'm twenty one percent now. Let's go. 
I'm up, uh, yeah, about 12%. So why can you walk us through why your weekly puts are up more than my monthly ones? Because the I'm in the money at 44. What's your what's your strike? 42 and a half. So you're one, you're out of the money. So it's less likely for you to get there. Um, the more likely it is to be under the strike is the the implied volatility will change. So or the implied move will change. So therefore the premium will will be exuberated by basically, you know, what I always call it like the phantom uh, money that's placed into options. And when you're going to buy it, your premium, you'll be like, man, why is this? This stock just moved, went down 50 cents, but I didn't, my uh, options not worth any more. It's only worth a dollar more. It's because they don't believe, you know, overall, the overall buyer and seller doesn't believe that it's going to get to your strike price by that date. So there has to be a feeling or a, or something showing that it's going to actually get to that point. Um, and it all depends on how the movement is. So let's go to Uber and I'll show you too. Um, since we're right there at 4390, it's evident and it's happening that it's below $44. So there's a possibility by the end of the, on the 12th, uh, in two days that this stock could be below 44. Now, if it blasted down to 4250, then you would see a big increase in yours, you know, big time because you, now you have a lot, you have more time on me and you're in the, and you're in the money, but I'm going to be $2 in the money at the moment. So it's going to be about equal. Got it. And um, if you don't mind, let's pull up Roblox's chart real quick. Cause to me, it looks like we're at kind of a line in the sand right now um, where if, if you go on a more, uh, you know, maybe like a five minute or 15 minute chart, it, it looks like we've, we've hit some support where we're at now, but if it continues to fall through this, then we, we could be in some trouble. Yeah. I mean, this is that moment where if you're in that $95 uh, put, you're making some money on this move right now. Like as we speak, it's dropping and yeah, that, but I did open it. I did open a spread and it's up about, uh, uh, wow. It's up 43%. There you go. See that's that right there for me on those, on those candles that you, if you catch that on an option right now, that premium's getting so such an increase that I'm trying to sell. I'm going to put it at like a 95, 80% gain and just sell and get out of it. And I'm like, man, I made that move. I don't even have to wait and hold my breath. But um, when you're buying options that you could have bought this option, you know, let's we're on a 15 minute candle. If you would have bought this thing, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So 10, 11 candles ago, if you'd have been bought this two hours ago, then you would have probably been actually looking at a red trade at the moment before that this last previous red candle now right now as it's bouncing up i bet you're what's your percentage at right now um 42 38 30 36 flat. and then it's going to bounce up and you're going to go to like 16 percent because it's going to bounce up and try to hit this wall at 99 or it just continues to flush and go down because it, it has broken out of that trend line. It looks like it's going to come down all the way, at least to do a 50% retracement back to, it could go back down to 90, 50 if it breaks 95. Okay, there we go. So, but if you start retracing back right now, then you're going to lose all that premium on that um, contract. If it goes back up a dollar to 99, it'll, it'll eat that away like instantly. I know it went through that line that I was watching, so I'm kind of expecting it to continue falling, but I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out to see if we do get that bounce back up because that would definitely eat up uh, the value of some of those spreads. Absolutely. I'm just watching Rivian hang out. It's, uh, I should probably get off the one minute chart here, but I can't, <laughs> can't help it. Where is it at? So, uh, 111, just sort of hanging out. 
not quite at the midpoint of the range of the day, but close enough. Look at that. Right. So, this looks like a juicy point for people who are like, you know what? If I'm going to try, I'm trying right here. Right here at 110. Try for what? Try for what? Just a quick four, three, four bucks, just to, for it to bounce right up. I, I, if I was to buy this, I'm buying it right now at 112 and put it in order to sell at 114, 115, just to get, boom. Let me get two to three bucks real fast. So oh, some people are thinking, you're thinking what you're thinking right now. We just went to 112. So, uh, so watch 115 and then it's good. And then, you know, that's, you could get that fill in just seconds on that kind of trade. Yes. Uh, so, um, but there's a lot of risk there. It could also flush back down to one of five and lose five bucks per trade. you know, so I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to, it's going to give you some type of pullback right off of that. I mean, that's a 50% move on that first green candle on 15 minutes. So we closed this candle at what? 115, 114-ish. Painter is looking at the VWAP. I, I guess I should have brought that up, but I didn't. We can do that right now, though. Let's take a look at VWAP. Yeah, VWAP is like what, 110 something? Yeah, you get VWAP it. You is, yeah. Put in an order at 110, stop 109, put in an order to sell at 112, you do a two to one or a three to one. Yeah, I mean, you're you're exactly right, Paint, uh, Painter. And there's the bounce off the VWAP three times. So, um, Interesting, interesting trade today. All right, all right, Jesse. We got five minutes left. Uh, what else was on your radar today? Hmm, I had it in here, but I took it off my phone because we were we were just going on on and on there. So let me get into um, the last because I just want to make sure I uh, pull up the right one. Oh yeah, I couldn't remember what it was. RRR. We talked about Red Rock Resorts. So nice move in the last. Uh, day today so i got in this one at 109.90 and it's at 112 now so that was this morning uh nice move um out of rrr red rock resorts i believe that you're gonna see can, can, can i ask what what they are i know i mean or who they are like who do they own do we know see i don't know a lot about them i was looking at it on, okay. as, a, as, a, as a chart basis as okay. technicals and then Hi. also just the fact that the reopening trade was starting to come on a little bit with other with like the hotels and uh started looking at like mary you know mar and it was just kind of a trend see mar just got hit though so the hotels aren't doing as good as i guess the resorts but we can i'll i'll, I'll do a little bit more research on rr and see why um like who they own and where they're at but um unless we can just do the technicals we don't care about the fundamentals yeah, we don't. Know. I was just, I was just curious. We, he's like, we really he's like, maybe I went there. <laughs> I was just wondering. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> One, we still got five minutes left, so I got to uh, pull, pull something out of us. So, what no, is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on my scanner, my Benzinger Pro scanner, keeping an eye on my new seed scene, keeping an eye on the chat. Um, Mara selling off in the past couple minutes. Mara uh, had the earnings oh, pop of this had the earnings pop of this morning. Um, let's pull up a Mara chart here. There we go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's a, that thing is just hanging out in the middle of the clouds, isn't it? Yeah. If you see, that's hey, the, Jesse, thing, let's get an update on those, on those Uber. Uber is continuing to fall. I bet you're up nicely on them. Um, 35%. Pretty good. Yep. 35% in about 20 minutes. You do that every day. <laughs> you're looking at some good returns. 
that's the goal. I mean, that's how I try to, that's how I basically do my trading in the morning between, you know, that's why I even mentioned, you know, put me on the um, Monday mornings with you guys and I'll do some live trading with you to show you, like, you know, how I try to trade with options. And I like to get 30, 30% like this. Like right now, this is more of a, I bought it for $67. So I wasn't afraid to lose at all of it. So I'm going to let this one go for a hundred percent. This is the YOLO play. Um, just to see if we wake up tomorrow and it's at 43. I'd like this. If it gets down to 43, 42, 50, then I'll, I'll, I'll get to where my price target is. And there's no stop loss on this one. But a lot of times what I'll do, let's say, let's say it was like $280 and I'm spending $250, $300 on an option. Then I'll set my my stop out at about 60, 50, 70 dollars. Uh, and then I'll just look away and never look at it again. And I know that I'm willing to lose 50, 60, 70 bucks on it. Because there's a lot of times where you can see something happening on a chart technically and you want to buy that option because you're like, man, I want it to get there. But there's so much that can happen in a short time frame that can change your percentages and what your what that option is truly worth in, in a short amount of time that if you stare at it, it could take you out of the trade when you should have just been in for five or 10 more minutes. So a lot of times I like to set myself up with a stop loss on the option before I get in and, and, and then just kind of. I won't necessarily look away, but I'm not going to look at the actual position. I'll look at the charts and try to play the chart, you know? So it's, it's, it's fun stuff, especially when you see I'm up 41% on that now. So, so, you know, with, you see it in the chat too. And then you pull it. That's how I get a lot of my trades. I go, I go to your guys' show all day long, have it in the background and I'll watch the, ch the chat yeah. and someone pulls up a stock and it just helps me look and see what's going on with it. And if I see a, an opportunity to take a position, I'm in. Yep. Shout out Easy Mike in the chat for that Easy Uber Mike call. Uh, J Jesse and I both are up on our Uber puts. Uh, and, and our next guest, too, Nick Shaheen, he'll be able to talk to us about some options. Uh, of course, we will ask him about the, the Disney earnings because I know Spencer. Yes. Spencer's looking for a way to, to play the Disney earnings with some options. Potentially. Uh, do you even have, do you, do you have options traded in, on, in your brokerage? Yes. Like set up? Yes. Okay. Sure. I'll be uh, definitely listening in to Nick. And if anyone on here is listening, smash that like for myself before we get off here, but smash that like for Nick because he's going to hook you up with some great option knowledge. Um, I love I'm just, I'm not like you. Them. I'm not going to like YOLO an options trade, but I, that's I, my, that's all my portfolio. Is. I know. I know. I'm like, I can't do that, man. I, I, I just don't have, I wish I had the risk tolerance for that type of behavior, but I but but I don't. Do you trade options at all? Do you sell calls against your position, like covered calls, or do anything like that? No, I, I I talk about doing. I talk about wanting to do it, but I don't. I don't do it. I'm all talk, no action. I wish I had never like started selling or not selling buying options because now I just get bored, like buying stocks. <laughs> I told I I told you to stop buying options like a year ago. So someone took like, you to the casino of trading and they taught you on blackjack and then and, they and, yeah. showed you the roulette table and you hit and, 35 to one odds on a hundred bucks. And then now you're sold for life. Exactly. And, and by the way, exactly by the way Nick Shaheen is also going to come on and tell you not to buy options. So. <laughs> Selling <laughs> options is where it's at. Buying options is yeah. for fun. And that is literally what I'm learning how to do spreads. Now, look, I've got no, I'll pull up my, my Robin hood right now. Oh, please. So using I, options I, to answer a position by selling, you know, synthetic puts, you know, being long, that's a good way. Yeah. Other than that, you know, selling weekly calls against your, you know, covered calls against your position to protect you. Um, that's, that's another so way. Here, but, were, here were the Roblox spreads that we talked about. I put a couple different ones out there. Of course, I also have like a YOLO 110 call that's just getting absolutely hammered today. 
Um, but these spreads are up nicely, 37%, 76%. Uh, another YOLO Baba call getting hit hard. Here are the Uber puts that Easy Mike talked about, up 30% on those. Here are the highs on calls. So overall, uh, not a great day for me, but at least I'm making up some ground. At one point, I was down 350. Uh, now I'm only down about 150. So who knows? We'll see if I can get green by the end of the day. That's the question. Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading joins us every Wednesday at this time to just hang out. Talk about stocks. All right, Uber, Uber, Uber to 40 bucks by tomorrow morning. Check it out. Let's see. I'll be up nicely if that happens. Okay. Right. I'll be on here in the chat. There. See you. All right. See you, Jesse. Yeah. Hey, let's bring on Nick Shaheen. Oh, sorry. I keep stop doing that. Uh, I keep <laughs> uh, wanting to bring Nick Shaheen on the show because uh, he is where I learned. Not that I know a lot, but everything I do know about options, I, I more or less learned it from. I haven't taught you anything. You have not taught me anything. No. At least, like, don't buy. Oh, that's true. Okay, you have told me what what not to do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fair. Which oftentimes is a far more valuable lesson. Than... That's true. Uh, Nick Shaheen is the uh, the author of the Benzinga Options newsletter. Uh, also, uh, creating income with options. Friend joins us now on Benzinga Live with video. Nick, what up? <laughs> I'm watching and I'm excited. I like what Jess is saying. I love conviction. Somebody that knows their charts and tells you with confidence that this is what usually happens. It may fall short sometimes, but if you're if you stick to your confidence levels, uh, you'll get results. Case in point, just now when I was waiting, you guys were talking Rivian. I was like, "What is this Rivian thing they're talking about?" Joking, of course. Um, yeah. So I posted in the private chat to you. I gave you levels. You did. You did. You did. Yeah, and, 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 and I didn't want to. I know. So, I, I saw. I saw them. So this is what Nick said. He said one fourteen. This is a, This is a. Eight minutes ago, he goes 114 on the 30 second chart. I don't have that kind of patience, I don't have that kind of attention for a 30 second chart. Um, and then he said, Then you're at 111, must hold, or else we're going to 109. And then let's pull up that chart right now. And I don't know why I have Wish up there. I'm gonna do know why, but let's get Wish off. Let's get rid of it. I can share my screen if you want. Yeah, that would be great. Let's go to the okay. chart. So, are you authorized to to have thirty seconds? They don't give it to everybody, you know. Not no riffraff. No, I'm just kidding. I miss you, by uh, the way. I don't we actually. Talk all wait, the time. wait, wait. I don't actually know. Nick, I don't know if we've ever had a chance to meet. Wait, I'm Aaron, by the do way. Do we have thirty hey, second Aaron. charts? In, do we have thirty second charts in Benzinga? I don't type know. In, uh, type, hold on, I'm talking to Nick. Type, <laughs> <laughs> type in thirty S. See if it comes up for you. I I, I don't know typing. how. Type in the window. 30S. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 30S. S. That's I, 30 minutes. Nick, I'm doing it. I don't think we can. S. Type in the letter S. S. S, I, S oh, as in Sally. Well, well, I'm well, then you don't have access. I'm literally I told you, no slamming on my keyboard right now. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let me share my that. screen. Let me share my screen. Please. Please. Yeah, you, okay. you, you can do that on that, the screen uh, share button share on the bottom screen. there. Uh, share screen. Okay, yeah, sharing screen. Which one? Uh, screen one. Let's go. Luke Jacoby, can we get 30 seconds in Menzinger Pro, please? Thank you. All right. Yeah. So can you see my screen? There it is. Yes. So that's a 30-second chart right there. And, and this was the quote. And I drew the box as soon as I posted it because that was the range you were ping-ponging in. When you see a, a candle wick here and here, if they break through one edge or the other, they'll extend in that direction. So I knew that if they lost this one, they were going to hit 109, and they did. 
And now you better hold these wicks, otherwise it opens the door for unknown levels there below. So this is not my jam. I don't I don't trade this fast, but okay. this applies to 30 seconds, one month, one day, one week. Uh, the concept is the same. Uh, you have to look left on the chart and find the levels that really matter instead yeah. of watching red ticks. Like if somebody saw this stick here, they'll capitulate, they'll panic out when they shouldn't because that's where support is from here. So if you respond to the candle, your FOMO kicks in versus look at the levels and then act accordingly. All right, so fun stuff. I, I was listening to you guys. So I looked at, um, I forgot your name already, I'm sorry. Aaron. Aaron. Just call him AB. Aaron, okay, yeah. so Aaron, AB, okay, I'll call you AB. So um, Aaron, uh, the, the thing you showed about your portfolio, so you, you rambled off percentages, that's great. But you should pay attention to the dollar amounts because that one red one ate up, looked like air math, uh, a lot of the greens that you had. Yeah, here, uh, I'll, I'll pull it back up so we can take a look at it. Um, right. uh, so, yeah, we have the the one row. Two two things are really dragging down my portfolio today. It's the BABA call and the Roblox call both expire next Friday, November 19th. Um, definitely, like at, at this point, Nick, Roblox is showing so much weakness. Should I just sell this call, which I can still do for 110 bucks, and ride with the these spreads that I have that are actually making money right now, these Roblox yeah. put spreads? So here's the question that I usually, I get this question all the time. Should I sell it? First of all, you should be able to answer that yourself because when you take a trade, you should immediately set a stop. Uh, that yeah, stop loss could it. be, the stop loss could be in several different ways. One, a level. Like if you took the trade knowing that you're banking on this support and if that support fails, you should be out, win or lose. Or a pain level, X percent gets me out or X dollars gets me out. Um, then you're not uh, second guessing yourself. Before you get to trouble, you know where your trouble line is, where your confidence level fades. So if I was holding this call, I would bank on uh, 94.50 holding. If that 94.47, whatever that low, fails then you have no hope really. 9450 you said yeah that that last bounce level that wick from yesterday the tail end from yesterday so let's see if i can get into 60 seconds here so this this guy right there if that doesn't hold when did you buy the call first of all um so today this morning roblox opened down about i want to say seven eight percent and then it looked like it was coming back up uh, and I bought it on the way up, and then it, it was going up for a second, and then just came straight down. So okay, I got, so I think I got kind of faked out by the chart. So, so here's the thing: I like the stock, and I went long earlier. I shared longs lower. Uh, do I have lines? Okay, I have lines. So this was the breakout opportunity. It didn't happen, but I, I would say don't chase it right here until it breaks out. You show your proof that it's going. Otherwise, you get faked out. So when it comes to a prior failing point, okay, it exceeded it, but it's one candle on a reaction. Um, it is never a great opportunity to just buy call. That's like the worst way of getting long something. Uh, buying shares is even better uh, because then you're not so time tied. Um, but buying calls up here is like the worst thing to do because you're literally at the mercy of every tick, especially shorter, shorted, shorter dated calls. Uh, so... Sometimes if I get caught in the trade and I still want it, I change the risk profile. I take I time. Uh, you take time out of the, or fix the time element. 
So either salvage whatever you have left and throw it out in a spread out in time so it doesn't die every tick, or take the money you 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 got left and sell a put spread below it um, in order to stay long, but you don't need a rally. If you believe in the value up here. Now, I never chase a stock like this. This is where you say to yourself, you know what? I missed it. And this gap here, not that every gaps fill, but this is like a sore, like a what? That doesn't look right. So I don't know what they said in their earnings. So if they said something game changing, this, you know, years ago, I don't know if you were trading, Baba did this, but they, they had a report and everybody said, whoa, did we have this company wrong? And it just leveled up and it never came back. Well, maybe now it did after this. Well, now, I mean, I was going to say, no, <laughs> well, no, 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 that was years ago. Like it could have, like, let me oh, see if I can see it right. on the chart. Maybe I can see it. But the point is, um, if, very rarely do companies level up like this and they never look back. I mean, that is a big level up. Um, I want to say it was here somewhere. All right. Fair it enough. just took a big level up and, and they never looked back, but maybe not. I don't know. Is this Baba? Yeah. Strange. Yeah. I don't see it now. Anyway. But it's rare that they leave a gap that big open and that uh, for Roblox. So what to do with your calls? You should be able to answer that. I can give you an idea on levels, which is if this one is lost, then this is open for taking. Not all of it, at least to 90. So if your calls I sold the call because I was surprised that it still had the, I could still sell it for 115 bucks or whatever. Because yeah. to me, so this the, is where you got that... saved by implied volatility. So the IV must have spiked on it or is high enough to where, you know, uh, like in GME, one time I bought a put and it rocked, it, it rallied like 30, 40%. I made money on my put. I looked on my um, my screen, the puts and the calls were green. Uh, oh. That never happens in the, uh, you can look on an options chain, you see the put side and the call side, both green. That's crazy. So well, the, the opposite happened as well, where there were people that bought puts when GameStop had had spiked all the way up to its peak, and the stock ended up going down yeah. a bunch, and their puts were in but the red because because the, the had deflation. Gone out the yep, yep. That's what happens on earnings. When the you guess up, you buy calls. Uh, the stock bounces uh, in the morning at the open, but all the implied volatility gets cut in half. So half of your profits is eaten up by this uh, implied volatility disaster at the open. That's why when you want to go long a stock on earnings, you should use a calendar of sorts. So you buy the call out the next week or out further, uh, two, three weeks, to get the normal implied volatility price. And then um, you sell something shorter dated, higher, which is inflated. So give, uh, if you want to see an opportunity of that, who's reporting tonight? Disney. Disney. Oh, they are. Walt okay. Disney, it's a big company. Okay, so maybe we'll get lucky. This is E-Trade, the practice platform. I'm not recommending it. It's full of bugs, <laughs> but it's as good as anything. So check it out. This is the visual of that. So this is the normal implied volatility for Disney. This is this week. You're paying up um, a lot more than you should for the implied volatility. Let me show you. This is this today, this today. This week's contract. Implied volatility is right here. Um, this is, if you can't see it... The 89 to 90%, the implied volatility. Okay, so if I get out of this one, we'll go to next. Next week will be slightly lower, half. That's a pretty big differential. The further out you go, the cheaper. So if you buy something in, say, December 3rd, if you buy a call, 
um, this one, the 180 call, or let's go to 190. It's a dollar 60, but this is the going price for it normally, earnings or not. If you buy it in uh, 190, we said, if you buy the 190 here, it's 80 cents. It's cheaper at the face value, but you're paying double what it should be. So tomorrow at the open, say price does not move an inch, this will fall in half just from the open because the headline is gone. Price movement aside, this will drop in half. So if you guess up to your point, Aaron, if you guess up, uh, a lot of the profits will be eaten up by this deflation and volatility. So what's right. the strategy? Is to if you want to bet up or down, you. Well, buy what I was going to say is is like is I'm, I don't want I don't know if I want to bet up or down. I, I want to bet both. You know what I mean? Okay, betting both is a sucker's bet. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, no, think about it. They call it, I'll buy the straddle. Um, yeah. The market makers sell the straddle to make the market. So if you True. think you're better than the market makers, buy the straddle. Okay, I'm not because I'm not. Right. So you can win big time, but you need a big move and you need the market maker to lose money on it because anything outside of I'm doing air math here, uh, eight bucks up or down is not expected in two days. So for he, Disney, we shouldn't do what I talked about. Apparently, What did you say? I said we should. Uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. Wait, I, I don't even know, Nick. Is it a strangle or a straddle where you're playing both sides, hoping for a big? They're move? both uh, playing both sides. The straddle is when you do the call and the put at the same line, one seventy five and one seventy five. So you're paying uh, what is today one seventy five seventy. So you you buy you buy this put for three three hundred seventy eight dollars, and you buy this call for four hundred fifty dollars. The total pr price is your maximum loss. And what you need to happen, you need like a 9 to $12 move in order to make money. Okay, but keep in mind that uh, the implied volatility is going to bring everything down immediately. Yeah, so you need to be. offset that. So you're, you're at a disadvantage from that standpoint. You need to surprise the market. This is the market maker pricing, right? This is what the market wants. Any move beyond $8 is unexpected. That's what this says. This uh, the strangle is slightly different. You go a little bit lower, you buy the put. You go a little bit higher, you buy the call. A little bit cheaper, but same concept. You need a big move. Um, people with giant money sell these too, and they know that nothing is for them to lose money. The move has to be ex exaggerated. So the market makers, the big pile of money, they do that. They sell the line, and they they're really the good at it. Right, that's how they—they're making markets. If they're not selling yeah. anything, nobody's buying anything. That's why they call them market yeah. makers. It's not like one company that hides somewhere, but uh, it's just people with big money that put money to work that way. They sell risk, uh, so that's what they do. So the 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 way to play it, if you really want to play the earnings, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you don't know which way it's going to move. You're telling me, oh, they're going to crush this, they're going to crush that. I'm going to tell you, it's all bullcrap. No, no, it, I I want I want to play not knowing. Okay, yeah. not knowing yeah. is. Um, Wait for the outcome and then play. <laughs> <laughs> that's not playing. That's sitting out. But, but all right, that's but, probably but the no, smart Seriously, thing if you want to put a conviction trade, you need the yeah. information and you'd be smarter doing it after the fact. If you're doing yeah. it now, it's a hunch. You don't have an edge. Trina, you're right. You're absolutely right. You don't my have an hunch, edge. My hunch was that the stock was going to move a lot. Now, I know you're saying the market makers aren't expecting it to. So let me check but what if on I this. Say, well, I don't eight, think I know they know what they're talking eight, about. Eight dollars is a lot, though. So eight dollars. Yeah, I think it's going to move. $10. Well, well, here, here's Disney. I did a trade on Disney. I caught the knife uh, into this, and it paid out. So we're out of Disney. 
whoever took the trade from me, they should be out of Disney. And my my thesis was support will hold, uh, but it better hold. Otherwise, it's going like down to here, right? So I shared it in four or five, four different ways. I shared a sold put, sold put spread, debit call or call spread. I said, whichever fancies your, uh, you know, whichever suits your uh, personality best, do. And um, they all played out fine because of the spike. The sold puts and put spreads paid out. These don't need a rally to win. That's why I like them. And even the calls and call spreads played out well, maybe better because we got a big move. But up here, I have no edge. There's room to fall. There's room to rally. So if you force me to take a trade, I would sell an iron condor, which I don't like to do into earnings. But at least I have edge because statistically, I would make myself an 85% chance of success on the top line and an 85% chance of success on the bottom line. So how would that work? Uh, You basically sell risk down here and sell. uh, Let me get this out of the way. Nick's, yes, Nick's right. Nick's right. I just talked about how I, I don't have the appetite for yellow. This is exactly a yellow. Nick is so, talking me off the cliff here. So here, here is here is your a delta. That's your odds maker. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's your odds maker. Uh, if if you buy anything with a super low delta, you're you got a lot of hope on your hands. So if you buy a put saying, I think it's going to go to 162.5, you're going to make money if uh, but your odds are like 10 percent ish. And um, on top of it, you're paying up for it because this is an 80% implied volatility. Same here. If you're buying a call that's uh, it's got a delta of 17 or 13, then you only have like a 15% chance of success and you're paying up for it. So I would sell these areas. Uh, so I would sell the, um, something down, six, risk, risk down here and sell risk yeah. up here. I would okay, collect... So- you sell the 160 puts or they're the one yeah i wouldn't do a naked yeah. put because i don't want to ever sell a naked call okay. who who can, okay. can, listen why if you're selling naked calls you're making a giant mistake that could cost you your wealth all of it no joke um you cannot like i know okay. i had a conversation yesterday a painful conversation two days ago with a member who came to me i'm in trouble uh wait you guys mentioned the stock or mara mara I'm in yeah. trouble. I sold the naked call in Mara. I collected $3 at 60. So um, they made a mistake. And then the, the call was like $17. So they lost a lot of money on it. And they said, should I close it? And I was like, whoa, first of all, that's unlimited risk. So whenever you're taking risk, you say, I'm managing risk. The first step is determining how much you're willing to, to lose. And if you don't know, when you sell a call, you don't know how much you're going to lose. That's a question mark. I mean, that is not acceptable in any any money manager book, um, and except if you are like George Soros with giant bags of money and you want to put it to work. Otherwise, if you don't know the maximum loss, that's not a trade I would ever pitch to anybody. So you can't sell a put as part of an iron condor all by itself. I would sell a put spread to make an iron condor. The iron condor is self-hedged. Uh, so the I'm going to show you visually what it is. I'm not recommending this trade, please. Okay, so this is just a visual representation of what an iron condor looks like. Yes, show us. So this is what it. This is not a recommendation tr- trade recommendation. In fact, I, I don't I don't know the digits on it yet. That's so the idea is you sell a put spread, and you sell a call spread, and to win you want price to stay in between those two. Um, so what spreads do you sell? I like low deltas. So if I'm selling this one, I'm giving myself 
a 90% chance of beating my opponent if price falls. And for, for this, it looks like whatever this difference is here, 20 cents, uh, the maximum risk is $2.50. Uh, so up here, it looks like another 20 cents. And I need price to stay below 187.5 by in the next two days. And here, it's slightly riskier, like 85%-ish roughly. So in total, I'm collecting about 40 cents. And what's the maximum risk? It's still $2.50 minus what I collect because I can't lose on both sides. One of these two, if, if one loses, the other one definitely wins. And so uh, if price goes to 180, 155, uh, this one loses, but this one wins. So I collect, uh, I, I lose like $2.10 per contract, but at least I have odds in my favor. So statistically, this is a viable trade, but I'm not recommending it here. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it for myself. It's just too much drama. I don't need it. You know, you can make it $5 wide and make more money off of it, but you're risking more money. But uh, that's, that's the iron stuff. condor. So that was, that, that was fantastic. I would do an iron condor with visibility, but longer term. So here's the thing. Why is everybody in the trenches? Why do you want to fight the trenches? Go out in time. So you can do the same thing and do it out here. Um, so you go to December. Of course, they're not there. They because the catalyst is today. So you, so you, you're but, thinking. But you're going to make the money anyway. Why be yeah. muddy in the trenches? It's the same okay. money. Uh, you yeah. just have to be uh, like two days more patient or something. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It is so much easier to, to fight like weeks out and get the same job right. done right. than to right. do it here in the trenches. This is the grunt work right here. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't pay more. It pays more if you hit a home run like with Roblox. You know, if you own a call and it just explodes in your way, yo, they happen. But that's not a way to. Um, it's not repeatable. Not repeatable. It is it, infrequent. How about that? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. accurate there. It's yeah. infrequent. So the, the way to do it is always, first of all, have a reason to enter a trade. I usually say it's no trigger, no trade. I borrowed it from somebody years ago. I don't even remember who it is. But anyway, they don't claim it, so I will. Uh, if I don't have a, a, a reason to be long, whether technical on the chart or fundamental, like if you know something about Disney that most people don't and you think you have an in on it, then you jump in. Like I did for GE and Ford a couple of times already. I just did for Snapchat, maybe long-term, they're the ones that actually are going to make some cool glasses maybe that are computerized, like, you know, Google Glass. You know, they're a camera company, so they say. They're also a spectacle company. So why not combine the two and come up with some sort of a product? So it it is, you have to give yourself a trigger to get into the trade and then structure it to where it makes sense. Buying options, they tell us, right? The experts tell us. Most options expire worthless. So people start hunting about these big, ooh, 10,000 there. Well, if you buy it, you're going against the concept of most options expire worthless. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the one that's that's most hey, right there. You, uh, you, you told me that years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, that options, the majority of options expire worthless. So, Well, that's so, what they I mean, say. I can't prove it statistically, but I'm going to trust them that they're not lying. Well, and if that's yeah. the case, you don't chase the big option position unless you're like in on it at the get-go like nobody knows right. about it and then you jump in and then and then and then you're like a, a celebrity that goes on tv and say hey look everybody that option is pretty important out there and everybody runs for it and you get out of your position so if you're early bird on that on that movement you might be able to capitalize on it 
But after all said and done, the market makers are not going to let price bowl through it. So you better be early enough to capture the move. Otherwise, you, you flip and you sell risk just above it because uh, it's going to be uh, resistance. And if you need to know charts, uh, you need to use charts um, if you're an act, actually, if you're any kind of trader. So let's see here, SPY. And you need to be prepared. So every day, uh, 30 minutes, every day I share the map for the day. So this was this morning. These are the lines from this morning. We sliced through some support. We're hitting another piece of support here. Uh, 462 is the place where I'd be interested in buying the dip. Uh, the bulls are in charge. We learned nothing new today. Inflation's hot. It's been hot for a year. Um, maybe now the speculation is rate hike. Uh, so finally, the movement in the dollar and in the bond market are, are singing that tune. Earlier today, it wasn't. Last night, it wasn't. So now, finally, bonds fell apart, which means the market is pricing in a rate hike conversation. So now it makes sense. This drop here today makes sense. Earlier today, if you were in the chat room, it was funny because I was saying, you know what? This is going to be a bull, a bear, a bull trap again. First of all, yesterday we had four. We haven't had bull traps since September intraday. And then today the VIX fell apart and the VXX fell apart and the S&P had an easy breakout right there and they refused to do it. They had an easy setup right there and the VIX was falling and they chose to do this with the VIX. They did this and then the VIX fell again and they fell with the VIX again. And now the trend is down with the VIX and the VXX. And then finally, the, the, the bear said, oh, okay, we'll take it. Because the bulls took the ball and dropped it at the end zone line and walked away the other line, the other way. Walked the other Nick, way. Nick, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Can we quickly look at Peloton here? This is for okay. who, who in the chat asked about Peloton. I want to do this for you. It was Roger. It was Roger. Roger, Roger. All right. Okay, so Peloton technically now fulfills an, um, some sort of a bearish pattern. So I shared a couple of longs on it, and I said, stop out, stop out, and hopefully they listened. And then uh, part of the sh video I shared was, hey, this is a possibility. I had these letters from way up here. So oh. guess what? There it is. Um, this is an old breakout zone. This is a weekly chart, by the way. So we're looking at last year's May out of the pandemic. Um, so... Logically, it should find footing. The two lines I would look at is where it is right now and the base of somewhere around 40. So, but here's my fear. This has become like a biotech company with regards to headlines. So if I'm long, I'm not adding. If I'm looking to get long, I would, but I would stop myself at X percent loss uh, because the lines are not going to help you much. It's support-ish. Um so I can't tell you it won't go to 30, but it should hold 40 and it should hold where it, where it is right now. So if I get long, I make sure that it's not short term. It's either shares or long dated calls or call spreads. Call spreads are better um, or sold put spreads. I wouldn't sell a naked put because I, I can't trust the company. Uh, so nothing bad about it. It just becomes headline and I lose an edge. So you, you, you have a lot of question marks. So um, Peloton, longer dated concept uh, I just shared. Shorter dated, uh, I mean, there's no nothing to be said here. Yeah, that's ridiculous. 49, uh, I guess. You know, 49. Well, well, one more from 
Morathon. I hope I'm saying that right. Please correct me. Uh, Airbnb, which I think Kramer just said just said he was buying. No, I think he said oh. he was selling. He can't um, buy or sell, but so well, uh, he, he still says, you know. Okay, no, no, so no, no, Airbnb. He said he's buying. He said okay, he's buying. so Airbnb is. Um, this was a trigger where they tested footing and they went and they repeated the process right here. So that was a breakout zone. Um, I, so, so I don't want to say it's not here's it's not an obvious entry point for me. Um, good company, good business, future, etc. But that's a giant gap. It's almost like Roblox, where it's not an obvious entry point. So if it loses 186 for whatever reason, whether the market is correcting or it is uh, hits a hiccup, um, I can tell you there is support at 185 to 175. I would buy it there. So if I'm looking to get long and I'm somewhat patient, so I'm not urgently seeking anything, I would either sell a put to own the shares there, which would be pretty fruitful. So if you wanted to buy 100 shares, I suggest that you study. I'm not suggesting you do it. Uh, um, I suggest you study selling a put to get into a, a stock you want to own. What was the number I said? 185? Okay, so let's go with um, 170. Somebody will pay you $300 today if you promise you'll buy 100 of their shares within the next 37 days. So the way it happens is, and I would never do this unless I want to own shares, and this is not a trade recommendation. Uh, so when I sell this put, somebody out there is buying it. And the person buying it has a guarantee from me that I will buy their shares anytime they want in the next 37 days. Price does not have to be at or below that price. They can do it anytime. Never seen it happen, but they can. So if it falls to 165, I will wake up one day, maybe with 100 shares. This position, which showed a lot of losses, would disappear with all the losses. I keep the money I collected. My break-even point is 167. Then I own shares. And no losses. The, the puts... The losses from the put position sold would be tremendous. They'd be huge. But as soon as they give me the shares, they go off the board. And uh, I keep the money. So my break-even point is $3.250 below. That's how I would right. catch a falling or um, get long and leave room for error. We have to wrap it up. Uh, but okay. Nick, uh, I, Nick, I miss you as well. It's been far too mm -hmm. long. It's great to actually see you. Uh, and you're 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 my best t-shirt. My best t-shirt. Good meeting you, Aaron. Best t-shirt. Only the best for us. Um, and I put the link, everyone, to Nick's uh, options newsletter in the chat right now. It's also in the description of this video. Uh, Nick, that. we we will definitely get you back on on a recurring basis. I'll follow up with I'm you. Game. About that. All right, uh, Nick. Uh, have a good rest of your day, man. Uh, and nice a to meet you, Nick. Ab, we got a hot man because the roadmap is going live right now. Our NFT show. And I think they might already be live. This video will end to redirect to that. So please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. I hope you had some fun. I hope you learned. Whoa, look at that. Hope you had some fun. Hope you learned something. We'll be back tomorrow. The Roadmap live right now. Boom. See y'all later. Peace and love, Zinger Nation. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. 
An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.